You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. This is Ben Wolf, your host as always. Uh, as usual, I encourage everybody to subscribe to the channel wherever you are listening to or watching it, whether that's YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, etc. Definitely leave a review, especially with words on it. Uh, five-star review, not just uh, even, even just the stars, but uh, it's going to definitely make it more accessible to other people and encourage you to do that and share the value with yourself in the future as you get the updates and with other people by making it come up higher in the algorithms and these fancy platforms uh, by making sure people see it. So with that, I do want to get into introducing our guest today. I'm very happy to have, I think, maybe the first guest of this type that we are having here. So this is a big day for win-win and oh. entrepreneurial community. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about how to uh, use data effectively to align marketing, sales, and operations uh, from the perspective of an outsourced COO, outsourced chief operating officer. Um, our guest today is the founder and CEO of Envisionable. Uh, for over five years, through which he provides fractional chief operating officer services to businesses virtually uh, around the United States or locally in the Providence, Rhode Island area, uh, or some people call it Rogue Island. Fascinating and varied background that he has uh, includes being a chemist, a founder in the insurance and marketing spaces, and as a real estate investor, including currently. Uh, you can find out more about his work at envisionable.com. That's envisionable.com. Uh, and nice. with that, I give you John Boudreaux. Welcome, John. Hey, thanks for having me, Ben. Good to be here. My pleasure. And, uh, you know, I guess I just want to get into first asking you what I ask all the guests, which is if you could just give me a quick two-minute background and kind of history, maybe the stuff that you wouldn't necessarily see from your LinkedIn page, it gives us a picture of like where you came from and how you got to be, you know, what you're doing now for, for your clients. Yeah, sure. It's an interesting kind of pathway that I took. Uh, I started my career as a chemist, actually. You mentioned an analytical chemist. Actually, prior to that, I went to grad school for a year. I was going to go into theoretical chemistry, but decided not to. Wow. met my wife and, and said I need to get a job. So I, um, I got a job in chemistry doing um, analytical chemistry, working for an environmental testing laboratory. And uh, did that from about... 93 till about 2004. Um, it was a great opportunity to learn how to solve problems, um, think criti critically, um, but always pretty entrepreneurial. So when I first got married back in 95, I started investing in real estate. I had a really good friend who, um, whose dad was a real estate investor. Um, my friend was a real estate um, agent. And so I started investing in real estate here in Rhode Island and by 2004, I had, I think, about 30 units and purchased wow. about 30 units and, and sort of made this critical step where um, I decided whether or not I wanted to keep it going in chemistry or um, I wasn't sure what next, but I knew that I wanted to start some type of company. But, uh, and so I ended up transitioning out of chemistry, um, buying one more uh, piece of property that allowed me to do that and generate enough cash flow. So mm. that was 2004. Uh, I met a couple friends who were starting a, um, a marketing company and we, uh, we partnered up and, and started my first marketing company and it was mm -hmm. for real estate agencies and uh, grew that pretty rapidly. Um, they 
decided that they wanted to sort of do something different. We parted ways and I started another company um, back in 2006 uh, that was um, initially focused on the mortgage industry where we were developing software tools, marketing mm-hmm. tools for mortgage. 2008, mortgage imploded, as you know, and right. uh, we tried to find out, uh, figure out what to do next. We pivoted. Uh, to the insurance industry and offering marketing services to that industry. And that, that really took off from about 2008 until like 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, they grew like about 1600%. Um, and uh, wow. we were at that time, I think doing somewhere around 12 million in recurring revenue. Um, it was a, it was a subscription based model. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we realized, Hey, um, I was a CEO, CFO at the time and realized that uh, we were sort of, this is getting kind of out of control. We need to you know, raise some capital. And we partnered up with a, a private equity firm um, called Serent Capital and mm-hmm. raised um, a good amount of private equity. Uh, they came, came aboard, helped us to, to sort of um, develop the management team. Um, and then through a ver- you know, variety of, of circumstances, uh, through about 11 to th- 2015, I eventually became the CEO. Um, and then in 2015 said, you know, to private equity firm, I'm pretty much toasted. Um, I need to move on and do something different. And so that's when I started my consulting you know, firm. But, um, and, and what did you learn from that experience in, in, in private equity? Because I understand that that actually oh was very influential yeah. in the approach that you know, of, of what you're teaching it, clients to do or you're doing with them. It was, it was, I, um, I had the fortune of being coached by their operating partner, mm-hmm. a guy by the name of Barry O'Brand, who had been a CEO multiple times. And, um, I actually had a weekly call with him and he really helped me, you know, improve as a manager, um, you know, help, help the business to get aligned around specific goals. Um, it was, uh, it was super challenging, um, from a management perspective, um, but also uh, just the market. Um, the market was changing pretty rapidly. Um, we had a lot of competitors coming in. So, but he he was really I you know I have to credit him for being the one that really helped me. And the private equity firm was great. They were very um, helpful. That's where I learned a lot of you know financial um, chops. I guess you say in terms that I bring to to companies budgeting. Um, you know, planning, all that sort of thing. So um, it, it was really be- the, the weekly one-on-ones with Barry that really helped me mm-hmm. um, develop my approach to, to management and helping these other companies. Right. And, you know, and I, and I, and I know from, from our conversations before how, you know, the, the, your main focus in helping small businesses is getting them to the point where they could better and more effectively use data to bring clarity right. to their strategy, align their teams, their experience, you know, and because we talked about the fact that, and I use the outsource COO term before, because you, what you do is so overarching. So we use that right. term, but you told me you don't even use that term with your clients. Right. So how, how do you characterize, how do you characterize what, you know, what you do then? I, I'm, I'd, and all of this by way of hopefully setting us up to be able to share tools and things that you sure. can actually teach people they could use in their own business, even if they're not hiring an outsourced COO, but like, sure. how do you characterize what you do? Yeah, it's interesting because it goes everywhere, all the way from, um, you know, startups that are trying to develop a business plan all the way to, um, 
you know, probably 10, $20 million companies mm -hmm. that are trying to, again, develop a plan and execute on that plan. So, you know, when I started, I would go into a business and ask them, you know, what are you trying to do? What, what are your goals? And what I was surprised to find was many of them didn't have goals. Um, have, you heard have, the, have you heard the Yogi Berra quote? I said that if you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up someplace else. Right. No, I haven't heard <laughs> anyway. that one. But I mean, that, that's, and it was surprising to me. Um, and they'd say, you know, I want to, um, I, I want to grow. Okay. Well, how much do you want to grow? Like there was no real measurement that was attached to those goals. First mm -hmm. off, they didn't have real goals. And then the second part, they didn't really have any way to determine whether or not they've, they'd achieved those goals. Mm -hmm. And so I saw that pattern happen over and over and over again. And so, um, you know, usually the first place I go when I'm, I'm, I'm going, I go into an engagement is what are your goals? Um, and often, again, they don't have any. And so I bring them through a process where a strategic planning process and, and, you know, the type of strategic planning that I use is very, it's, 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 um, it's a very agile process. It's a very, um, you know, we're not talking weeks and weeks and weeks and documents and, you know, it, it, we're talking about two days of just, you know, brute force, let's figure out a plan quickly and, and, and develop some goals. So that what are some, what are some of the main goals. elements of that, that, uh, of, of that plan, of that planning process? Yeah. So we start with, like there's um, a one year quarterly, like what, like what does that consist of? Yeah. It's a one, usually we do the, the, uh, the strategic plan every year mm -hmm. and we refresh it every year. Um, and out of that plan comes a set of goals, a set of, KPIs attached or key performance um, indicators that attach to those goals and then who's responsible for each goal. Mm -hmm. And I really like using um, the, uh, the balanced scorecard approach where you have financial customer process and internal, um, you know, uh, internal processes and learning and growth. And so you have this cause and effect. You can create a strategy map that comes out of that, that meeting. And so now, everybody knows what they're focused on and everybody knows, um, you know, whether or not they're successful with what we're focused on. And then out of that, um, I try to get the company into some type of meeting rhythm. So, uh, and when I say some type, I mean, typically a monthly meeting rhythm mm -hmm. where, um, where often they'll hire me to come in and actually run those meetings and, uh, determine, Hey, are we hitting our goals or not? And so, um, and do, have so, you ever found, you know, I'm just curious because obviously as you know that I'm an EOS implementer yeah. and a fractional integrator for EOS companies. Yeah. So, you know, I see, a, I see in what you're saying a lot of similar yep. elements, you know, in Very terms similar. of that planning yeah. process and a meeting rhythm. And, you know, I guess the question that comes to mind in the meeting rhythm you describe it, a monthly uh, cadence mm -hmm. is, is do you ever find that that's not often enough? Meaning like, because it's so long that goes by between meetings, yeah. that people get unfocused and maybe they just kind of, they just kind of scramble the last few days before the monthly meeting to try to yeah. get in a better position. Like, do you ever find that? Or like, I don't know, I'm just curious yeah, about do. how that works for you on the monthly thing. Cause maybe it's yeah, I, a great tool. I don't know. I do. I think monthly is minimum. I mean, you know, the, the management team should be meet, meeting are meeting weekly to so who's so who's monthly then who are you referring to there uh, so yeah i'm talking about the management team okay you know i'm talking about the core management the, the, the team that's actually running the business but at a minimum they should be meeting monthly to review those goals 
Um, but what, what can happen is as you, as you up the meeting frequency, so say you're meeting weekly, mm -hmm. that's usually more operational or tactical things that they're doing to actually hit the more strategic goals. You know, so for example, if your goal, you know, your sales goal is, you know, we need to do a million dollars in revenue this month. Okay. You should be meeting weekly, reviewing the pipeline. You know, are you making enough calls? Are you doing enough demos? Are, you know, you, do you have enough in your pipeline, you know, to see if you're going to actually hit that, hit that goal. Right. So I usually don't get involved in more of the tactical stuff. Some cu mm. customers I do, um, where they're, um, they're really struggling maybe, um, with actually doing the tactical stuff. Like right. for example, one customer, we, re, we um, meet weekly and we review cash flow because we, we developed this a 13 week cash flow um, that keeps getting updated weekly. And they were getting stressed out because they felt they were going to run out of cash. And especially with this whole COVID thing yeah. I just went through and said, well, let's, let's meet weekly and we'll set up a weekly cash flow. And they weren't even familiar with that process mm -hmm. of actually building a cash flow and reviewing it. Right. So, so it's them. those types of things. I try to stay out of, I'm not really, I, I, you know, what I enjoy doing is more of the strategic stuff, but I'll get into the more tactical things if needed or put a process in place so they can execute on the tactical and then we can review the more strategic on a monthly basis. Right. Now, and you know, and so let's say there's business owners listening to this or watching this who are not, uh, able to, you know, bring in somebody like you necessarily, or, you know, maybe, maybe in the near future or whatever, yeah. but like, what, what are two or three kind of big things that they should be thinking about doing sure. in their business to, uh, you know, achieve the kind of alignment and, and execution that you, you know, that you work on with clients? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll go back to, uh, you know, my, my sessions with Barry I was talking about Barry O'Brand and, and, yeah he'd ask me, John, what are you, what are you working on? And I rattle off 17 things. And he's like, John, that's, you can't do that. There's too many things. You're not going to be good at them. And you have to pick your critical top three things. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think for an, for a management team, they need to get together and they need to amongst that team, get an alignment around what they're focused on. Say this quarter, what are we trying to achieve this quarter? And you could break it down again into four categories. You could break it down into financial. What are we trying to accomplish financially? You could pick one goal. You could say, all right, we need to do X amount in sales. All right, good. You get your financial goal. Um, around the customer, what do we need to accomplish around the customer? How do we make sure that they're happy? Um, and that's one thing you can focus on, customer happiness. Um, how do we measure and make sure and know that the customer is happy? What often happens is everybody thinks the customer's happy but there's no mechanism in place to measure whether or not they're happy. And so right. you sort of don't want to, you know, put the, uh, what do they call it? The, you know, the rabbits in charge of the lettuce, so to speak, like, you know, customers, you know, service people in charge of, Hey, whether or not the customers are happy. Satisfaction, right? Yeah. Um, you want to measure that sometime. Some, so what kind of tools do you, do you get clients to use for that? Usually just NPS net promoter score is one good one. But actually, I didn't know getting, anything about that. I was talking to my old CEO actually this morning and he was talking yeah, about their NPS tool. score and yeah, they, for, they got their app now. They force all their users to, yeah. to, to, to put it in. Um, yeah. So it's a great simple tool to use. I mean, it's a great simple tool to use. Uh, the, the trouble again is getting people to use it and implement it. 
Right. Um, but for some way to measure, is our customer happy and, and, and trying to improve their happiness? Um, and so what improves their happiness? Well, the way in which you deliver the product and service um, improves their happiness typically. Mm -hmm. And so what internal processes, that's the third one, what internal process uh, or process do we need to improve on this quarter? Because your business is basically a, a, a string of processes. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, as you improve those, obviously you're gonna improve efficiency, you're gonna improve delivery. There's a, a lot of great things happen, but pick one, pick one thing. So um, I'm trying to think of a customer I'm working with right now. Um, one of the issues they're having is they're a manufacturing company, pretty unique one where they actually heat treat um, highly critical um, parts for, um, for the military. Okay. And so they've got all these ovens and they're heat treating all these different ways, kind of interesting from a chemistry pr perspective. Right. But um, Up your so own. they're heat treating these things. And so um, they, they meet with their customer and they ask their customer what, you know, what the turnaround time is. And so they've got a date where they have to turn that part around, but they know internally, there's no way they're ever going to turn the part around in that time. Okay. And so they don't really tell the customer, the customer gets late. frustrated, yeah. you know, and so they have no process to, whereby to, to really, um, you know, determine the real turnaround time and communicate that back to the customer. Well, hmm. the customer's not happy. Of course that, that affects revenue. Right. So that's one process that they're working on. Um, right. and, you know, to, to be able to measure that, to be able to, you know, um, communicate that back to the customer. So they just focus on that in a quarter. Um, and then you find, right, okay, right. well, if we want to do that, we might find that, boy, we need a special software tool. We need to be trained on a special software tool, for example, maybe to, in order to implement that. So that's the learning and growth piece for them. This company I'm talking about, they're really trying to, um, they're really trying to, transition out of it's a really interesting situation because there's three owners that are running the business sort of like co-ceos tri-ceo model which is wow. a strange one and they're trying to sound scary yeah it is well but they, i've been, I've they been involved with people with the you know you know cerberus from greek mythology oh yes yeah the three-headed dog the, the three-headed dog like, yeah <laughs> That's what makes me think of it. it it's, um, yeah. Anyway, if they could do it. It's not bad. They do, they do a nice job with it. But, um, but you know, they're, what they really want to do long term, and this actually came up during the planning session, is we want to be able to transition out of the business and have, you know, so we need to build up mm. a, another layer of leadership below us. And so that's a big area of learning growth. So right. I would say, pick those four areas, pick one goal within each area, pick mm -hmm. some type of KPI, key performance indicator that you can right. use to measure whether or not you're successful, you know, get some, get some type of tracking tool in place and, and meet on a monthly basis and, and do that. Um, that is and, uh, super, super, super helpful. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what I'm hearing is right. Like instead of focusing on 27 things, I mean, then it's really not right. focusing on anything get it down to three, four main goals that you're focusing on at any given time, let's say a quarter, again, very parallel right. to, to what we do in EOS. Right. But, uh, you know, and you, what, another main point I'm hearing from you that I'm hoping people heard is the fact that, you know, to try to, to try to pick those, let's say four quarterly goals, but to be in a diversified area, you know, learning yes. and growth and revenue growth and, you know, yes. you know, to pick different you know, customer experience and pick different areas to make right. sure that you're focusing, not just like 
three or four goals, just all about revenue. Right. And everything else is following by the wayside. Right. It's interesting because strategy, uh, you know, I've done a lot of study on strategy and strategy is, um, it's, it's something that there's a cause and effect relationship to it. And so it's mm -hmm. like, for example, if you're playing chess and I don't play chess, but if you play chess, you're trying to project, if I move here, they'll move there, then right. I move here. And so there's, there's a cause and effect so that you can win. And so that's why I really love a strategy map. If you just Google strategy map, even mm -hmm. in your own you know, industry, you'll, mm -hmm. you'll find people have developed these. And so it's a cause and effect. So we're better at, you know, we, we improve in these, these particular areas. It's gonna improve our processes. We're gonna have happier customers, which is gonna drive revenue. And right. so it's just really easy also to, to then take that map and bring it out to the entire company and say, this is our strategy this quarter. What, right. you know, and, and it just makes sense as opposed to what you just said. We have three goals, you know, and there's, they're sort of not connected in any way, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so uh, if you just have three goals that you're just, let's try to accomplish it. That's really not a strategy. Mm -hmm. um, and so right part not, of a larger picture and the, exactly. and sharing with your people like what that what what that process right. is and how, where this fits into it right and another way you can approach it is you can say once you have those those um the sort of uh buckets if you will the, the perspectives they call them um what you can do is you can say to the team hey you know what are the i call them fires i think you got in eos they call them something different but what are the things that we just keep on smashing our heads against the wall on every single month, month over month, you know, those are usually process things that are really not working correctly. Mm -hmm. um, and so that gives you an idea where to start. If you just kind of started there, because every business should have happy customers. So that's kind of a standard one. Every business you want to generate revenue and you want to be profitable. Um, you know, so if you just start there with the process piece um, and they're consultants that are, like lean, you know, lean consultants that yeah. get into really the nitty gritties of, of, of process. Um, but, you know, the, the clients that I work with, they're smaller companies, you know, five to $20 million companies, and they need something that's quick and dirty and gets results quickly and aligns the team. Um, right. So I found that this approach, you know, works pretty well. Right. That's very cool. Now, I know you, you developed some sort of software system also that you use to help I you did. do the clients. Well, where does that fit in? How is that used? Yeah. So um, what was happening was I was going through that process and um, oops, wait, the microphone here. Um, I was going through that process and I found that I kept on kind of creating these Excel spreadsheets that, mm -hmm. you know, I would use to, to track goals. And I, you know, being from a software background, I said, well, I think I could build a piece of software that does this. <laughs> and then sell it as a part of the service. And that's what I did. I created a piece of software that, um, that allows you to track your goals. It links it to the KPIs mm -hmm. um, and puts it in, in, a, in a format such that you can review it. Everybody can log into the tool. They can um, you know, enter the data into the tool. Um, and, and so everybody sort of sees, again, on a monthly basis, what are we focused on and how we're doing? Are the red, yellow, and green? Each one of the goals has a red, yellow, and green. Mm -hmm. um, you can go another layer down if you want to. So if you create a goal, you know, there's typically initiatives. I call them initiatives. I think in EOS, the goals you'd call rocks, right? For the quarterly so. goals are called rocks. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, quarterly, goals, quarterly I, rocks, annual goals. That's okay. 
So, um, so anyway, the goals would, would, if you want to really break it down, you could say, all right, what are the initiatives that I need to, to, you know, happen over the, you know, week by week to make this goal a reality. And then you can even go further down and there's to do's that drive initiatives, which then drive goals. So, you know, it's, um, you know, I, uh, I think it's a good tool. You know, I just, I, I just roll it into my consulting because, um, you know, it's easy to do and it, and it works. Right. And well, and, and speaking of consulting, you know, I, I did want to have a little time in our last, uh, you know, five or six minutes together sure. to talk about, you know, okay, let's just, you know, get a little more mechanics. Okay. Somebody wants to work with an outsourced COO or whatever you call it, like you, like, so what does that look like? Is a monthly retainer, hourly, how many hours a week or month? Uh, you know, how much does it cost? If you're hearing, yeah. like, how does that stuff generally work with, with uh, the structure? Yeah, I wish I could, I wish I had a specific, <laughs> you know, structure. It's like, I find that I kind of, it's, I customize things, processes. For, for each client. you know, I customize things, customize things a lot. I mean, I think mm -hmm. um, it really, again, depends on the, the engagement, but typically it involves an initial, you know, offsite where we come up with, that's you know, the two the goals, days that you talked about two day before. offsite, yeah. you know, and that's probably somewhere in the $5,000 range. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, plus travel. And then, um, once that happens, we roll into the monthly and usually the monthly, if you just want an hour a month with, um, you know, doing with, with the, with the, uh, the software tied in and I don't beat people up if they want to call me, if they want to text me, you know, that's usually, um, I usually charge like $500 a month for that, um, for that one hour session, okay. which it turns in a couple of sessions, um, or a couple hours, at least a month. I do mm -hmm. have some clients that have me on retainer and, and just, um, you know, just pay me monthly and, and, uh, they kind of have me whenever they want me and, and, uh, or whatever, whenever I'm available, that's that engagement. I, I do more of a weekly with them. Uh, where mm -hmm. that was the cash flow one where I do a weekly cash flow. And then actually I get a call today at two o'clock. Um, uh, we're, we're talking on a Friday here, two o'clock on a Friday, each Friday, I actually, you know, do a call with their management team. Mm -hmm. um, so it's all over the place. And um, if I do like, for example, business plans, they're probably somewhere around 2,500. Um, I'm not doing as many of those as mm -hmm. of late just because I really honestly really don't like doing them. It's just, it's, it's, it's tough, but, um, uh, but I do, you know, I've done a fair amount of financial modeling. So, um, I'm kind of in a strange, weird place where I'm just, um, I've got a nice set of clients that I really love working with. Um, and, uh, it's not to say I wouldn't take another client, but it's just, um, it's a nice, stress-free, you know, scenario, oh, that's um, awesome. which is nice. And, um, you know, but, um, but of course, and again, it's it usually, um, the bigger the client, you know, the, the bigger the budget they have, you know, if you're a right. million dollar company and you're really struggling. And I, I do this too, is like, I offer us you know, a 60 minute, a free 60 minute strategy session, Mm -hmm. You know, I don't charge them anything. And really mm -hmm. what I try to do is add value during that call because I really do like, I, I have a passion for small business people and, um, 
you know, I, I've been one, I know how hard it is. I know um, the stress that they're under and um, I try to add value. And there's been actually several scenarios where I've done that and they've, I've said, you know, but I'm really, I don't think I'm the guy to help you, but you can go here. Um, and then right. they've circled back to me and, and we've ended up working together. So um, I just try to add value and, yeah. um, and then, you know, if you, if you work with someone and then it's just not working out, I, you want to quickly, um, you know, get I would to say the sever day. the, sever the relationship, but you yeah. want to quickly get out of that relationship because you're really not adding value. They, these small right. people don't have a lot of time. So you got to make sure you add value as quickly as possible. And if you're not, okay, no, no harm, no foul. It's okay. Um, move on to someone else or, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, um, I'm happy to move on. So, um, so I don't lock people into long-term contracts. I just think that's, you know, I don't feel good about it. So. Right. No, it's very cool. Look, and I, and I, and I appreciate the value you've been able to share just on this conversation Thanks. with getting clarity. Again, there's might be, you know, there's some listeners and viewers who are in this audience who are doing EOS and they're very much part of that strategy. Probably mm -hmm. the majority are not. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I'm just really appreciative to, to be able to have you on and get another perspective sure. on, um, I guess, number one, how, how somebody can use a fractional resource for operations, for general operations, kind of yeah. overall overarching, not just a specialist like in CFO or in, right. or, or, you know, or a CMO, a fractional head of sales or a CIO. Uh, so I think that's really interesting. It's, it's you know, similar to what I do as a fractional integrator, being very overall in the business. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to hear the approach that you take to that and what people can learn from, even if they're doing it on their own, to right. just focus on fewer things, see how it fits within the process, communicate it with people and create KPIs and yeah. a weekly, you know, regular meeting pulse to create accountability around that. Obviously, it's easier said than done. And that's what EOS is all about. Obviously, you can contact me, Ben Wolf, you know, or... Or, or John to, to get help on that and learn about EOS, go to wolfsedgeconsulting.com, my business, but, uh, or envisionable.com, envisionable.com, yeah. envisionable.com uh, for John uh, Boudreaux's company or to set up that one hour conversation with him. Again, sure. virtually throughout the country, you can you know, reach out to him if you want to get uh, John's perspective. I also definitely encourage that and appreciate everything you were able to share and, and teach today. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity. I think, um, you said something that kind of sparked my, my thinking and, and it was, you know, I think it's nice to be able to have more of an overarching um, effect because if you just kind of jump in and try to affect one little piece of the business, right. but it's not really heading in the right direction. I always like to say like, are we going to Chicago or California? Like, let's figure that out first. Right. Right. It's, right. it's once we figure that out, then we can get into the more detailed stuff. And so that's what I, I enjoy doing like, let's make sure you're going in the right direction first. Mm -hmm. And again, that, that 60 minute call, that's usually what I can help people do. And I, I quickly try to opt myself out if I'm not the right fit. So. Right. Yeah, that's great. Obviously I'm sure, you know, you'll help connect people to the right resource. Obviously sure. contact me or whatever. I can do the same thing, connect you to the right person uh, or, you know, or help, but uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you very much for coming yeah, on and thanks, ben. no problem. Been great. Thank you. Glad you could Appreciate come it. and and uh, we'll see everybody else on the side. Bye. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host Ben Wolf.